This is the latest CDC bulletin that came out a few months ago. Um, and it says right here, the prevalence of autism is one in 36 children, which is really an astronomical presence. Uh, like that's just a huge amount of kids. Uh, ASD, and this is to, to me one of the most important things. I don't know why this computer is doing it. Um, um, uh, the, this is probably one of the most profound things here is, stop it, um, ASD is reported to occur in all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups. So this is, so has nothing to do with anything. It is across the board. It is across every country. It is no matter where you are in the world, there's autism. And no matter where you are in the world, the autism rates have risen. And I think that's quite astonishing uh, to think about because it doesn't make a difference if you're here or you're in the... Russia, or you're in China, or you're in Israel, or you're in France, or you're anywhere in the United States or Canada, or in South America, or anywhere else, autism is on the rise. Every single country in the world, across the board, socioeconomics don't matter, race doesn't matter, ethnicity doesn't matter, nothing matters, it's just up. Um, and I'm still having people say to me, well, the reason we think that autism is, is higher is because um, it's just diagnosed more. Which, I mean, and there is a modicum of fact in that, that it is actually diagnosed more. Ghost in the machine here. It is diagnosed more, for sure, uh, than has ever been before, and there are some kids in our practice who have autism that I hardly even think uh, really have that uh, diagnosis. Uh, but it is just, it is just amazing uh, watching, you know, what we've been watching. And uh, ASD is nearly four times more common in boys than girls. Uh, this is a thing that they're trying to figure out why. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really big uh, thing. And in one in six children, 70% of children ages 3 to 17 years were diagnosed with a developmental disability reported by the parents during the study period. It includes autism, attention deficit, disorder, blindness, cerebral palsy, among others. So I, here's the thing that I am looking at is that this is what I see in my practice. Not blindness a whole lot, but what I, this is really not a great thing. Uh, not blindness a whole lot, but I see a lot of autism. I see a lot of kids with ADHD. I see a lot of kids with cerebral palsy. And to me, like someone, uh, we had a new patient yesterday uh, that was very interesting. And the person said to me, we were, we were taking a look at his baby. Uh, and he said, um, is the cost of a baby's exam the same as the cost of an adult exam? And I said, yes. And he said, well, I don't understand. I said, what don't you understand? And he said, well, but if a, a baby's so small, right, their spines are smaller, so why should their cost be the same? And I, I really was a little taken aback. I was like, um, the thing we're looking at is not the size of the spine. It's the depth of understanding of what we're trying to do to figure this out. Right? So whether or not the child is this big or this big or a full-grown adult has no bearing on the price of the exam. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, I said to him, I think I should charge even more for an infant exam because it's harder to examine an infant 
there's a lot more challenging to examine an infant, there's a lot more challenging to examine a kid on the spectrum than it is to, ch to just to take a look at an adult. Because we're not just looking at the spine. Uh, and he was, and as I did say quite conveniently, uh, um, and he said, okay, he's like, you know, I, I just thought like if they were smaller, it would be less ex expensive. And I said, well, if you take your kid to a dentist and the kid's like three years old, do they get a different fee than if they're 10 years old and like every, because their size of their teeth is different? He said, no, I said, all right, well, it's the same thing. This has nothing to, nothing to do with it. The first person with family pays this amount, and then that's just what, I don't care how old or young they are, right? Uh, but that's, that's you see, this is the mindset that we as chiropractors need to change. Because we created this Monty Paul, like let's make a deal sort of mentality with patients. They're not going to their orthopedics, doctors, and saying, because I'm bringing my kid in with a fracture versus uh, uh, my teenager with a fracture, you know, ankle, it's going to be cheaper, right? They're not asking those questions. Right? But somehow in chiropractic we've allowed this, right? And part of that is because most chiropractors are not really, they, they are very, another person said, what's the difference between you and like every other chiropractor I've ever been to? I said, we are brain-based. I am a brain-based chiropractor, not a bone-based chiropractor. A bone-based chiropractor looks at the spine, feels the spine, just the spine, it's all about the spine. We, the spine is just, for us, like the middle person. Right? It's the middle person between the brain and the nerve system. And by making sure that the spine works good, then we make sure everything works good. You know? So <clears throat> like when we look at the article that I just showed you, like we look at this kind of thing and we're seeing the, the way that the frontal cortex is related to the basal ganglia. This to me, that's what I'm working on. Right? I'm not working on, like, even though I might be touching C1 or touching sacrum or whatever, you know, and adjusting those things, I'm working on this. This is what I'm making a difference on. I'm not making a difference to move a bone from point A to point B. That's sort of incidental on what I'm doing. What I'm really doing is we're changing this.